Girlfriends, episode number 224, How Busy is Too Busy with Rachel Balducci. Hello and welcome to Girlfriends. I'm Danielle Bean. I'm a wife and a mom, and I'm on a mission to help you know your worth as a woman so you can find peace, balance, and joy in family living. This week, we are talking with my good friend, Rachel Balducci, about family schedules and being overcommitted. Can't wait to have this important conversation. Let's get going. Hey, girlfriends. Welcome to another episode of the Girlfriends Podcast. Always glad to be able to connect with you here. If you are a first-time listener of the Girlfriends Podcast, I want to welcome you. I hope you're going to enjoy what we share here. If you are a long-time listener or sometimes listener, welcome back. Always glad to be able to connect with you here on the podcast. This week, I'm going to be sharing with you a special conversation that I had with my good friend, Rachel Balducci, who also happens to be my co-host on The Gist, the women's talk show that we do together on Catholic TV. I always love an opportunity to talk with her, and her new book is an excuse to do that. I'm going to share that with you in just a moment. But first, I want to check in with you. How are you doing? How are you handling things? How is your world changing, perhaps opening up a bit, uh, shifting from quarantine to a little bit more involvement in the outside world. Um, you know, I record these a couple of weeks ahead of time, so not always very timely with what's going on with you, but I'm looking ahead like I was last week uh, with with hope toward what we're headed toward in the future. But I have become more aware as things are beginning to open up and um, we still don't have mass here in New Hampshire where I live, but other places are beginning to have mass and that kind of thing and more access to the sacraments, um, more um, people going into work and that kind of thing. But um, I've been thinking that we've been kind of, at least I have been, thinking about going back to how things were, right? And nothing is going to be how it was. I, I think I know that and I've known that, but I, I've been thinking more clearly and in greater detail about exactly how it might be different. And I had a girlfriend who over this past weekend, they did have mass in her state and she went and she shared with me that it was really difficult for her actually and uncomfortable and awkward because like she and some of her little kids were wearing masks and just the whole, you know, spacing in the church and being very concerned about what you're touching, all huge distractions, right? So yeah, we've been deprived of the mass and we've been, you know, having difficulty accessing the sacraments in these past several weeks. Um, but even as things are opening back up, there are going to be challenges there. So I've just been giving more thought and and some prayer to that and asking for God's grace. And uh, I want to encourage you to also do the same uh, to you know, adjust to that, to make our adjustments to that, to make accommodations for the ways in which things are going to look different, perhaps for a very long time. And, you know, being okay with that. But some things are improving. This past weekend, we did have my father-in-law come over to the house and everyone stayed six feet away. And he just hung out with us for a couple of hours and it was really nice. Uh, we stayed outside. So I really felt like everything was safe for sure. He's not somebody we want to be endangering with any germs we might give him. Um, but it felt like it was really necessary for us to have that in-person connection with him. And um, it was good for it was good for me, good for the kids, good for my father-in-law. Um, but looking for ways to be able to do that in the coming weeks, kind of uh, get together with other people in limited 
ways, in ways that are still going to be safe and um, socially distant. But um, there's going to be a learning curve there. And I've just been very aware of it and kind of praying about that, how we're going to navigate the the way that things look different and the ways that we're going to continue to feel disappointed in what our world looks like right now, what we're able to do, what what is okay to do and what our limitations are. I think that really is a struggle. One of the things that I've been thinking about in that regard is our plans for vacation this summer. Do you have summer plans? And so many of us made summer plans. We may be visiting relatives and whatnot, and it's all just been canceled. I had a few different conferences that I was going to be present at, and those have all been canceled or postponed indefinitely. Um, so I'm not planning travel this summer, but we do have planned a family trip where we were renting a house down in the Cape in Massachusetts, uh, right up right near the ocean. And I'm not sure what the fate of that is going to be. It's going to be in the month of July. So we're just kind of waiting to see how that's going to go. And, you know, if the beaches are open, I think we will do it because it's going to be just us inside of a house. Like it's not um, in a hotel or anything like that or at a resort. And we'd be outdoors at the beach. And um, I feel like that would be a relatively safe thing to do. But I don't know. I don't know if we're going to be able to do that. So, so many things kind of hanging in the balance and so many ways that we need to be making adjustments for what life looks like now. And if you're struggling inside of that, I want you to know that I'm praying for you. I do pray for the listeners of the Girlfriends Podcast. Even if this is your first time listening, you have been prayed for. Um, And I, I pray for us as a community, as a whole, because there are so many things that we're struggling through in common right now. And just know that I'm praying for God to give you the grace for whatever it is that you are going through right now. All right. Well, this week we're talking with Rachel Balducci, who is a good friend of mine in real life. Uh, Like I mentioned at the start, she's my co-host of The Gist, which is the women's talk show on Catholic TV that I am blessed to be a part of. I've known Rachel going way back to the early days of the Catholic blogosphere. She and I were uh, two of the kind of lone mommy bloggers in the early days of Catholic blogging. So um, really have a a, a longstanding uh, friendship with her. But her new book, Overcommitted, is all about schedules and our commitments and our ways that we decide how we're going to prioritize our time as individuals, as women, as moms, as wives, but also as a whole family. And she really has a lot to share. This is a topic that she's been um, sharing about on her Instagram um, going back many years now. And she's become a little bit of an expert about these kinds of balances that we're all kind of seeking to find inside of our family life. So I know you're going to enjoy our conversation. Take a listen. Hey, everybody. I am excited to have my good girlfriend joining us here on Girlfriends today. Rachel Balducci is joining us. For those of you who don't know Rachel, but how can you not know Rachel? But anyway, no judgment. I'm going to tell you a little bit about her. Rachel is a newspaper columnist for the Southern Cross, and she blogs at testosterhome.net. You heard that right. She's got a bunch of boys. She is co-host of The Gist on Catholic TV and a professor in journalism at Augusta University. She's author of Make My Life Simple, Bringing Peace to Heart and home and how do you tuck in a superhero and other delightful mysteries of raising boys and her newest book over committed which we're going to be talking about today the subtitle is cut chaos and find balance rachel lives with her husband paul in georgia and together they have five sons and a daughter welcome to girlfriends rachel i'm thrilled you're here thanks for having me danielle i'm so excited Yeah, me too. Me too. I always love it when we get a chance to chat. 
on air. So we, we have many conversations. This one needs to be a little filtered. Okay. Can we do that? <laughs> yes. I'll try. Right, so, I'll behave. I know. So we're going to focus on this topic, overcommitted. I, I love the title of this book. I love that you took on this topic. Can you start us out just by letting us know, I mean, you've done organizational type books, you know, the make my life simple is along those lines, but what made you take on this particular topic? Yeah, it's funny because um, I I love organization. I was raised by a woman who's super organized, um, you know, and somehow just sort of trained us to know how to make stuff kind of fit well. Um, but I've never been inclined to just like tackle organization as sort of my apostolate of writing, you know. But um, you think about having an organized home, and then it's like, what in our lives is causing stress just in general? Our you know mm-hmm. our calendars. Um, and I was just kind of praying about it through the lens of the ultimate goal that we have, or that I have, my desire is to grow closer to the Lord. And it's like, well, what does any of this stuff have to do with the fact that, you know, we were created to know, love and serve God. And so, you know, oftentimes, and that was my bio for years, it's like, you know, Rachel thinks about how cleaning her bathrooms will make her a saint, (laughs) Uh, you know, but but it's like, I really think about that. Like, what does my schedule have to do with my pursuit of holiness. What is, and it's not like the state of my home and the cleaner, you know, the, the cleaner, the house, the closer to God or something like that. But really like, how can I bring Jesus into the center of the busyness of my life? And so when I, you know, was kind of reflecting on that and then the times when I'm running ragged, does that feel like I am closer to God or does it feel like it draws me away from him, you know, and kind of like trying this, finding this practical balance in life where, we have peace within our homes and within our schedules. And, and that really can open us up to, I think, feeling more in tune with the Holy Spirit. And, and that's going to look different for everybody. So it's not like a one size fits all. If this is what your day looks like, you're guaranteed to, to have a better prayer time. But, right. you know, it's really, to me, learning how to welcome God into all the details of my life, including how I spend my time. I mean, that's such a big part of it you know, Mm -hmm. and kind of availing ourselves to kind of letting God have his way with us, you know, spiritually and practically. Yeah. I think that's such a beautiful balance and a good way of looking at it because what I particularly liked about this book and about everything that you share is like, you're not telling somebody the one right way to do it. Right. And and sometimes that's actually what we're looking for. I, I know this because when I was a younger mom, I was like looking for somebody to tell me the formula, like, tell me what to do. So I do this right, you know? And and I hear that from young moms now who are are looking for advice and encouragement and support. They they want all those things, but they also, they would love it if you would take their hand and tell them specifically, like, here's what your day should look like. And then you'll be a saint, right? Right. uh, it, it doesn't always work that way. And I love that you just kind of are, are sharing principles and ideas um, that, and, and sharing your own experience too, which is valuable. Um, and it's so one particular chapter, of course, all of the chapters are are kind of infused with this idea, but the one that's focused on prayer, where you say it, it all starts with prayer. Can we talk about that a little bit? Because that that to me is really key, because if you're missing that element, forget it. I mean, you can have Martha Stewart, perfect home and and perfect work life and whatever, and none of it's going to matter. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's so interesting how true that is. And I, and I want to go back to like, for me, I think about 10 years ago was when this like journey towards deeper prayer started for me and not just the concept of a prayer time as something to check off my list and something to sort of resent if I'm going to be honest, because when I had a lot of little kids, I knew that I needed to pray 
but I resented the fact that, um, uh, I also had to do laundry and keep people alive. And, you know, it was like when they were taking a nap, did I really want to, you know, spread out all these books and, and, you know, say that I had done all the spiritual readings. My heart was kind of in the right place, but also not in the right, in the right place, you know? Mm -hmm. And so I kind of like just several years ago, kind of felt like God, it was nothing I did that he started drawing me closer to him. And so I started to see the fruit of making prayer a priority. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, I kind of, I started meeting with a spiritual director and it was like starting to pay attention to when I spend time in prayer, not as something that I mark off the list, but as something that fuels my whole day. Then a lot of the things I struggle with anxiety, um, you know, different feelings, um, don't go away completely, but I have a better reality check with those things mm-hmm. instead of feeling like I'm always just kind of run, running ragged or almost being controlled by emotions. Okay. So yeah. that sounds like a completely different topic than maybe, um, you know, this concept of being overcommitted and running around, but that's like, what I'm finding is the more that I focus on prayer as the, the most important part of my day, Mm-hmm. And it happens throughout the day in that we get into the habit of knowing that God is with us. Okay. So we're not like the missionaries of charity who I love. And I write about them a lot because I've done, you know, some volunteer work with them where we don't stop, you know, as a mom and a wife, my vocation doesn't really include stopping for, you know, mass and then a holy hour and then a rosary and like having four and five, one hour stretches of prayer. Right. That's not but God can still be with me and walk with me in the same way. And then as a result of that comes in and then I'm fueled with peace and wisdom to know what it is I'm supposed to be doing. So it's very much like, you know, this big loop of like, it's not like, okay, here's the Jesus part of my day. And here's the errand running part of my day and the carpool part. It's all there together, you know? And, and, And it's really because God didn't, you know, he didn't make some people to be saints and then the holy people and the people really doing his work. And then the rest of us are like in the suburbs, just, you know, (laughs) doing worker bees. (laughs) That's right. Just creating possible saints for one day down the road. (laughs) You know, like we all have that opportunity. Mm -hmm. And because, you know, we're here doing the thing that God asks us to do, um, we find our sanctification within that. And then in the midst of that, we really can have peace. Like, it's not to say we have to be like, well, God made me a mom and, you know, I have these six kids. So that means like my version of that's going to be, I'm run ragged and I'm the crazy person. It doesn't have to look like that. Sometimes right. it does. And I'm going to use our favorite word, Danielle, seasons. <laughs> <laughs> we love to joke about it because on, on the gist, we use that word a lot, but yeah, you know, it comes up again and again. And my, my darling husband is always the first to point it out. Like you use the word again. Yes. <laughs> you well, used it like five times today. Well, I'm kind of in a seasonal season. Yes. <laughs> But it's so true. Yeah. You know, it's like you're paying attention to those things. Right. Um, you know, but but at the same time, knowing God is with me in the crazy seasons and the sad seasons and the awesome seasons, you know, he's there. Right. Yeah. And I love that you, you shared how your prayer life kind of changed and your perspective on it changed over time, because I think part of that's natural, right? Like in, in a way, because I've experienced very similarly that that kind of change of like, oh, prayer isn't something like I have to do, right? Like it feels like a to do when you're so busy and so distracted in our younger years and our younger family life and kind of coming to that place where it's like, oh, this is something where I'm going to, you know, I can spend this time like in the presence of God. And it isn't like something 
I'm accomplishing, right? Where it's like, it doesn't, it's not me accomplishing anything. And um, that's, it's a different perspective, a very different perspective. And for me, it was very helpful to kind of come to that. And I don't know, and this is, this is interesting for me to think about. I mean, I, I suppose when we were younger and we were so, you know, so, so busy with young family life that we could have come to a better understanding of that. But I don't know. I feel like there's a natural progression in the, your, your ages and stages of family life, of motherhood, of our, our just our own personal spiritual growth, that we're in a different stage of it now. And yeah. we can approach it with a different perspective. And I mean, I, I would love to go back and tell my younger self and see how she might respond. She might just roll her eyes at me, right? <laughs> like, <laughs> I know. That's a good point too, is like to not get caught up in, um, you know, the time that I've wasted but really trusting yes. like, you know, God, I mean, all our, I think our desires to get closer to God really come from him drawing us closer to him. You know, it's mm-hmm. not anything of our own goodness, I don't think, um, you know, and so that is good. I, I love that because then it can kind of be a relief. Like, no, I didn't necessarily met up, you know, mess up. Right. But then when it was like, when I started to feel these, you know, this longing or this pulling um, mm-hmm. that, that we're in tune with it, you know, right. and I, and I, I feel to, um, I love that you talk about that, you know, like as we get older, you know, is the different stages, like, because I never want younger moms to think that there's this certain way it has to be done because when you're stuck at home with a bunch of kids or, you know, not even maybe a stay at home, but you, you know, work out of the home, it's just such a different season where you're not, you're, you're not as mobile in many ways. Like, even right. if you're leaving the house, you don't get to just leave when you want. Like that's the big awesome secret of bigger kids. It's like, <laughs> I just get to go. Now I'm not going glorious. all the time. You don't want to leave your kids at home all the right. time, but you know, um, it is different. And so there's, there's a different mobility that maybe allows you to get to the adoration chapel or, you know, mm-hmm. I kind of started, um, before, you know, life stopped, um, that I was kind of being able to get to seven o'clock mass before my class up at the university. Um, that was such a blessing. That was not anything I could have done, you know, in my early days of parenting and that's okay. Mm -hmm. You know, it's like God meets us where we're at. Um, and, and I think the key is to just be very aware that that looks different for different people, but it is so worth the effort. Like whatever you can make that look like. And my, my spiritual director tells this hilarious story of like really being like on empty and, you know, standing in the kitchen one day and really starting to have this desire to like have God, you know, just spend more time with him. All these little kids running around, she said, God started to show her times in her day where she could just stop and be mindful of him. But one day she was standing in the kitchen and she just stopped. And I think she was frustrated and, you know, just over it and put her apron over her head and stood there. And she just like, (laughs) stood there in this piece. And then like a few minutes later, she took her apron off and all the kids were like, stand, just standing perfectly still, you know, but God had just afforded her this perfect little moment and she took advantage of it in a weird way, but it worked great. You know, a hermit under the apron. <laughs> Leave me alone. Oh my gosh. Well, I love that you, you, you sharing about um, this idea of being overcommitted and about taking on things intentionally because you know, interesting time for this book to come out, right? When we're we're all under quarantine and we're all maybe reassessing some of our commitments. I know I have been thinking and I've heard from others too, who like when we go back, when life comes back or in whatever form it does, like maybe we're going to be a little more discerning about 
what we're going to go back to. So what do, you, what do you have to say about that? Has that, have you experienced that yourself personally too? Yeah, I think that it's such a great time. You know, I talk about this a lot in the book too. I think a big part of feeling overcommitted and feeling like your life is out of balance is that sometimes we make decisions out of fear and out of comparison. You know, mm-hmm. and I tell a funny story about my son, Ethan, being four years old. And I was just like, he has to, we have to sign him up for soccer. Meanwhile, I had like a three-year-old, a one-year-old, and I was pregnant, you know, with right. our fourth son. And my husband was like, he doesn't need to play soccer. And I'm like, no, every, we, we, we start our kids off at this age in sports now. And Paul's from the era of like, you start at like eight, maybe nine, you know? Right. It was a terrible experience for us, you know, of just like me not even watching any of the games, the kids barely being aware And I had totally been motivated out of a fear of being left, of my kid being left behind and a fear of not doing right by my kid, you know, like not affording him opportunities that would serve him in the long run. And, you know, these are things that you and I now have learned through just in time is the only way that you can learn some of these things is you watch other people invest in things and it doesn't maybe turn out, or you recognize that what they got, what we got out of some investments was not what we thought, um, But learning to really have the freedom to say, you know, I don't necessarily want my kids in four separate sports because they're not going to play four different Olympic sports. Like it's okay (laughs) to say, you know, let's pick one thing we do and to really, and I talk about this a lot, like really examine what motivates us. Cause I think that that gives us a lot of freedom is, am I really just doing things because everybody does this and I don't want my, you know. I don't want my kid to be left out. And, and mm-hmm. I think now we've had this taste of what it feels like to live at a slower pace, to invest in what really um, feeds us, which is not necessarily having all of your, you know, I know it's been hard for some people to have everybody in their home and not be able to leave. You know, there's a lot of beauty and then there's a lot that is very challenging about this time. But mm-hmm. to me, really finding what's been good about it, you know, slowing down, having meal time, having prayer time. and um, and figuring out ways to make our schedule continue to afford those things instead of just feeling like once life starts back up, we're like, you know, on to the next thing. I've been amazed too at just how many errands I was always running. I always just had this massive to-do list of things. I know. And I'm like, life's still going on the same way. Like, why did I always have to go to Target every like two to three days? This you know? is what I'm wondering too. I know exactly, yes. exactly that. Like not even just the running there, but like, what was I even getting? Because I'm not, I'm not missing it, whatever it was. No, exactly. I totally feel the same way. And I'm like, somehow, you know, we're just doing fine with a few groceries being delivered to our house, like every few days. You I know, know. So I know, different. but that's, that's, so that's been a real blessing for, for us, for sure. And, but I think your book is an opportunity quarantine or not for everybody to kind of take that pause. It's an invitation to assess what you're doing and what it's worth. Like you said, like, what are we getting out of this thing? Like this, if it's a kid's sport or a lesson or one of your own commitments or something at your church that there's, there's always another thing that you can say yes to, right? And I love yes. that you take this on in the book, like too much yes. <laughs> like, yes. What does that look like and how have you experienced it? Yeah, I mean, and you know, and I think it's very easy sometimes to just think that we know automatically. And I've made this mistake several times. Um, God would want me to do this without really ever considering it. And maybe it's, um, you know, I think a big challenge would be like to get, Um, maybe saying yes to too many moms groups or to, um, you know, 
being too involved at church, which, you know, and some people say you could never be too involved at church. You can't, you know, you know, and it's because that's the Lord's work. We might think automatically, well, God will give me the grace to do that. Or he must want me to do this because what better use of my time? He might have a totally different plan for our time, you know, and I think that that's really the heart of when, when we really open ourselves up to asking God to be in charge of our schedule, which can be scary. Yeah is knowing he has a plan for each of us. We have hopes and dreams and we have talents that he's given us, but we are not the captain of our ship. I mean, and, and I think that's why like every time I start to talk about another topic, it's like, I, I want to run right back to the idea of prayer, because if we are in, you know, daily prayer and just in the habit of being in tune with, you know, asking God to be in the center of everything, then we really do start to have the wisdom to know with not, necessarily audible the audible sound of god's voice but we have wisdom and we have peace and then we're rec- we recognize the doors that open and we recognize how our body feels when we're stressed or w- when we're in situations that are not good for us you know we're right. more in tune with that because we're in the habit of slowing down you know and sort of being aware so right. it's kind of like this constant about ba- you know just spending that time in prayer and knowing that god has a plan and really learning to trust in him. Well, how do I learn to trust in the Lord? Prayer. I mean, like prayer. Is, you know, <laughs> just always pointing back there. I know. <laughs> like, and, it, and I think for a long time, I thought that was such an oversimplification. And I, and that's what I really hope that people get out of this book too, is when I say prayer, I don't mean sitting down and reciting the right list of prayers. It's like right. prayer, those prayers that we say in our faith are awesome. They are tools to lead us to that relationship with God, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and, and all that is, is just learning to receive God's love, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and in that it's like all the tools that we need to do what he wants us to do. Right. Right. And I think sometimes we get so caught up in what it means to be discerning God's will and how do we know and all of that. And well, I know you're a fan of Father Jacques Philippe and um, one book that really helped me, and I'm forgetting the name of it, his Holy Spirit book. Is it? Come Holy Spirit? Um I don't think it's Oh no, that. in the school of the Holy Spirit. School of the Holy Spirit. Yes. Yes. One thing that really helped me there, and I was thinking of it as you were describing that kind of discernment process of taking on something was his idea of, you know, discerning, like if you have a new opportunity or something, and you're not sure if this is what God wants you to do, that it's, it might be God's will, but the the word he used that really stuck with me is vainglory. Like it might be vainglory, which means like, it's all about me. It's something that I want for me, for my own glory, for my own accomplishments or whatever. And just having that word in mind and and taking that to prayer, like even just in the moment where I see an opportunity, I'm like, okay, Lord, is this vainglory? Like, tell me, like, let me know. And just kind of that, that being open to that. And you don't know instantly sometimes. And it's really become sort of a process of mine in um, recent recent months, really, ever since I read that book. So it's been like a year is kind of just when I receive an opportunity, I'll, I won't respond to it right away. Right. Or I'll, I'll just bring it to God and be like, is this vainglory or is this your idea? And really God, he doesn't let you down. Like if it just keeps coming back and nudging you, then, you know, and if you're putting it out of your mind, like if it never comes up again, you know, I'm going to just move on. And I I find that it's really, we get better at doing that and not that I'm perfect at it yet, but we get better at doing that just by practicing it, right. Practicing just that back and forth, bringing it to God in prayer. Yes. Amen. Like we're just in the habit of knowing, like he's the one calling the shots, you know, 
Well, how can you get comfortable with that? You get in the habit of it. And I love the idea. That book is just such an awesome book because it really does. It helps us. I think, you know, his book really helps you kind of examine why you do things and how you do them. And I love the idea of almost like, you know, if you're in the habit, maybe of saying yes too much, or, you know, maybe having the word vainglory with a question mark, like on your fridge or something, you know, like really, it's just so um, compelling. Um, And that does get us in so much trouble, you know, and I think sometimes we can say that, well, if not me, who, and we almost, we don't mean it in a prideful way, like who else could do it as great as I, but I mean, even if we think we're humbly saying that, well, if I don't do it, who will do it? Um, We have to be okay with saying, I don't know, but you know what? God cares about this thing way more than I do, or his church way more than I do. You know, and and getting back to understanding our primary vocation and seasons, and it's like sometimes, you know, my job as a wife and a mom means that this this is what I can do. This is the list of things I can do, and it's going to mean saying no to other things, you know, and, mm-hmm. and then also being being free to know, you know, that there are certain things we get asked to do, and it could be very easy for somebody else and very challenging for us, but it's not bad to be challenged. Like, you know, I talk, I have spoken about how like cooking for people is not my favorite thing, but you know, if a neighbor has a baby and I get asked to make a meal, I'm not going to say no, just because it feels like work to me. You Mm -hmm. know, like sometimes God, we, we do things that we serve and we say yes. And it's not like a long-term commitment. And it's like, yeah, this is a challenge for me. Um, but this is something I need to do, you know, versus, um, taking on something really epic and it totally depletes us and it's causing our family strife. But we have this idea that if like, if we don't step up to the plate, nobody else will do it. And then I think, so those are sort of practical service oriented saying yes things. But even this idea of like, you know, um, bigger things that we're invited to do or asked to do or that we want to go after is like, again, really knowing that God has a plan for us, but also knowing that maybe now is not the time to try to do all the things. Like it's okay to say, Right now in this stage of life, it doesn't make sense for me to maybe go out and try to do something like this, but I trust that God knows the desires of my heart and that he knows I really want to do this and that he will either give me an opportunity or he will show me what it is I'm really supposed to be doing. Mm-hmm. I think that that's really wise. And that's really important to kind of have that more long-term look. And I think, again, that's something that comes with practice, comes with a little bit of experience, comes with our age where yeah. we can see like, oh, well, that thing didn't work out, but then this thing opened up. Or I said no to that. And then I had an opportunity to do it two years later, or, you know, that you can see that. And, but when you're younger, I know in the moment you feel like it's now or never. It's, this is my thing. This is my opportunity. Um, I think there's a certain natural amount of kind of youthful zeal <laughs> that can, that can haunt you, honestly. Yeah. Um, if you're, if you're trying to take on every single thing that comes your way. So, um, I, I love that you share that kind of little bit of uh, wisdom based on experience inside of the book. Well, before we have to wrap up, I do want to talk about you. You talked in the book a bit about the value of Sabbath rest and now, that's something I think that's completely lost in our culture where, I mean, it's one of the commandments, right? Like, how do we miss this? I know it's, isn't it interesting? And, um, I think it is something we've just as a society gotten out of the habit of, and I even know like growing up, just stores were closed on Sunday and you just kind of, 
didn't do stuff on Sunday. I mean, unless that was something just in the South. I mean, I know you couldn't buy alcohol on Sunday, but I, you know, I feel like just growing up, it was like, it was treated in a certain way. And little by little, we really have lost it to where Sunday's just like another day. And so of course we can't, I'm not going to go out and expect restaurants to close and stores to close. But, you know, I think it's so important for a family or for an individual to, to see that day as something special and a day to reset for the week. And that can look like different things for different people. You know, some people really will want to just sit very still in their home. You know, we have neighbors who really observe this very extremely, like they don't clean their home on Sunday. They, you know, even like the newspaper stays laying down. They don't go out to eat because they, you know, they don't want to make other people work on Sunday, even Mm -hmm. though they're, you know, they're already there. Um, So like, this is one kind of extreme view. I think we all really should just get in the habit of being aware of that, like doing things either as a family or something that's restful or, you know, seeing Sunday as a day um, to just reset. And again, not in this way of like Sunday is the, it's the Lord's day. So we do lots of extra prayers on this day. It's like the Lord really, he wants us to be, you know, restored and rested to, to take on the work of the week. And Mm -hmm. so what does that, you know, look like for different families? Like Paul and I have, um, you know, we typically try to start the Lord's day, like a Saturday night with a dinner. And we just kind of like say a few prayers from the Jewish tradition that I grew up saying, and Paul did as well. And just, you know, um, if you've ever watched Fiddler on the Roof, something similar to that, you know, it's just this tradition of like passing around a cup of wine and toasting the Lord. And then, you know, lighting the candle to welcome the Sabbath. It's very simple. But it just, it's like a hard stop, really. It's like, we're acknowledging that something sacred is happening here, you know, and then maybe taking a hike as a family or, um, you know, doing things that kind of um, get you ready for the week and get and help you get back into that. Okay, here we go, Lord, we're taking on another week. Let's right. do it, you know? Right. I know. I like to focus on that idea of recreation, right? Like what that word even means, like recreation, like making yourself new. And that comes through that time of spending enjoyable time together with your family. But um, really there are lots of little ways. And I love that you share that, that tradition of, of starting on Saturday night, because there are simple ways that you can kind of set that time apart. And sometimes we get so caught up in our own heads about what it needs to look like or what the ideal Sabbath looks like that we won't even try, right? But yeah. it it doesn't have to be complicated. And and really, if you know the the whole lighting a candle thing sounds off to you, that that's not for your family, right? Like right. figure out what is meaningful and what's going to feel good for your family and what's going to feel like a natural fit for who you are. And yeah. It, it really is that simple though. I think it's like setting that day apart in, in whatever way that is and, and what that looks like. So it's not just another day to run errands, to do housework, to get caught up on emails or whatever, that it really is different. Yeah. For each family. And I love, um, you know, that like, that's really the heart of this book too, is, is I really want women, especially, but whoever reads it to learn to, to do what works best for you. And I know that that's your big thing that, you know, I've learned from you and just, you know, um, having the freedom to say that doesn't work for us or, mm-hmm. um, you know, because when we're motivated by what works for other people, then we think that what they're doing is gospel truth and we have to do it too. We have no peace in our life when we do that. And there are so many different examples of that, you know, trying to feed your family in a way somebody else does trying to, you know, dress the way somebody else does, you know, have your schedule look that same way. And so we really have to have that freedom, you know, the way we 
do recreation. Like it's okay to say, you know, you see another family taking hikes every Sunday. Like that's what the Balducci's love to do. If that stresses you out, don't ever think that that's like the way to do it, you know? Right. And God made each one of us, um, we're our own unique individual person. And it's like, you know, part of the freedom in, in life with Jesus, I think is learning to know who that person is that God made mm-hmm. and being that person. And, and then we have so much confidence in <clears throat> how we spend our time and what we do. And, right. you know, and we're okay with, Hey, let somebody else do this thing. And this is what works for us. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's, uh, there's so much value in that. And, and yet even after all of our years of experience doing this, I still struggle. <laughs> like I, you know, I think that it's so important for us to be reminding each other of that truth because it, it's so easy to forget. It's so easy to get distracted by you'll meet one new person and think they're awesome. And all of a sudden you want to do all the things their way, you know, even if they're yeah. not a good fit for you and your family. So I think it's yeah. so important for us to remind each other of that value. Um, before we have to wrap up, I just want a, a quick note about the structure of the book. So people have an idea of how they might use this book. So you've got the, each chapter and then you've got it kind of broken up where there are three tips at the end. So that it's like really easy to kind of just summarize what, you know, what you want to take away from this. Um, and then a moment of grace, explain what that part is. Um, let me look at that part. Um, Cause I know <laughs> I know Let I t- remind myself. I, I love this. I've done this before where I'm getting interviewed and someone will ask me about like one sentence in a particular chapter and they'll be like, what were you referencing? I'm like, I have no idea. So I mean, <laughs> maybe you're forgetting you, it was called moment of grace. Cause probably that was an editor's. Um, but it's where you have like a prayer starter. Yes, and- exactly. Um, yeah. So basically just, you know, taking all this information and then there's this personal reflection and then it really is almost like, um, a practical tool that Mm kind of helps us apply the different concepts. And really, you know, just for me, it was kind of different prayers that have really been different prayers or concepts that have been instrumental in my life. You know, I have a few key prayers that have really just been life-changing. You know, one of them is this prayer that we prayed with the missionaries of charity, um, you know, to just, to speak without speaking, not by words, but by our example. And, you know, just this idea of like being a light without having to preach to anybody. And so that was such like a a life-changing prayer for me. And I have other examples of that too, like just ways that, um, that we use prayer in our life. Some of them are like tips for family prayer. And then some of them are personal prayers and some of them are like concepts of, you know, how we approach things Um, to just, for me, again, going back to that idea of like, God made us as humans. He made us in his image and he made, he, you know, he sent his son to be a human. So he knows what we're up against in our human nature. And yet he wants us draw, being drawn closer to him. And so there's this merger of like my practical part of my life and the spiritual, and it all is kind of wrapped up together. So these, you know, these moments of grace are kind of like ways that we apply spirituality to start to get it as a part of everything that we've got going on, which then all it does is that just helps with the practical part. You know, Jesus right. cares about your schedule. I mean, I feel like that's the takeaway. And I know that can be such a mind blowing concept. Why in the world would God care about my schedule? <laughs> and once we get to this point where we're like, no, he really does. Mm-hmm. You know, he's a part of every part of our day. Um, 
you know, that really is like life-changing stuff, I think. Yeah. Oh, I totally agree. I think that we all need to be reminded of that. So again, the title of the book is Overcommitted, Cut Chaos and Find Balance. Rachel, um, where can people find out more about the book? Where can they follow you on social media? Let them know all the places. Sure. I'm at rachelbalducci.com is my website. And then I'm blogging at testosterone.net. And then I'm on Instagram, rachelbalducci. And then the book is at um, Word Among Us Press, and it's also on Amazon. So I'd love for people to check it out. Yeah. So we'll have all those links in the show notes at ascensionpress.com. If you can't remember all of that and you want these links sent to you right in your inbox, subscribe to the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. Just text the word girlfriends to 33777. We will get you on that list. You will get all those links to all of Rachel's stuff. But otherwise, you can always head over to ascensionpress.com. Thank you so much, Rachel, for coming on Girlfriends today. It's always a pleasure to talk with you. I love you. We love having our time together at the gist, but this has been a little bonus. And I'm, I love that you're able to share overcommitted with the girlfriends here today. Danielle, thanks for having me. I love you too. And I think you're just awesome. You're so awesome. So I appreciate you being willing to chat about the book with me today. <laughs> Always so fun. Coming up, we've got some listener feedback, but first a quick break. I'm Danielle Bean, and you are listening to the Girlfriends Podcast. Hi, we're Jackie and Bobby Angel with Ascension Presents, and we wrote a book. Yay! Ta-da. Um, it's on discernment, which is figuring out the will of God in your life, which can be an exciting and yet exhausting endeavor. It's called Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry, Five Steps to Discerning God's Will. And we wrote it with Father Mike Schmitz from Ascension Presents. You might know him. <laughs> you may know that guy. The book is concise, but there's lots of wisdom for any person that really wants to do God's will. And is a, it's a journey of trying to figure out what God wants for your life. And so there's a lot of wisdom from things we've learned along the way. There's testimonies and, and parts of our stories to help you out. Really, like this is a book I wish I had as a young adult. Like this would have helped me a lot in my 20s. Discernment is a question we get asked all the time. Where is God calling me? What am I called to? What vocation am I called to? How do I know if I'm supposed to take it, this job? How do I know this? So we wrote this book to help you along the way to give five steps to discern whatever decision you're making and hopefully to give that peace and that joy that will come from making that decision. And the, the main goal is to help you grow closer to God along the way. So maybe not you, maybe someone in your life is wrestling with a really tough decision and you want to give them some kind of resource for encouragement. It's for if you've got a big decision, period. Yeah. So go get your copy of Pray, Decide, and Don't Worry. Go buy one for a friend. Buy one for someone who's not your friend. Love your enemies. <laughs> buy them this book. <laughs> go to ascensionpress.com and get your copy today. Welcome back. Now we're at the point in the show where I like to share a little bit of listener feedback with you. But first, I want to ask you for your feedback. If you have thoughts, ideas, questions, comments on today's show, on any previous show, I would love to hear from you. You can always email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. You can connect with me on Voxer. You can record a voice memo, send it to me at that email address, or connect with me on social media. I am Danielle Bean on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. I would love to hear from you because truly you are the reason I do this show. You are the reason I share here on Girlfriends. You're why this exists. So I want to be able to encourage and support you in any way that you need that right now. So the best way we can do that is if you let me know what that is. So 
email me, danielle at daniellebean.com. Well, I recently heard from listener Jessica, who sent me an email, and this is what Jessica said. Dear Danielle, I have a question for you about house cleaning routines. Do you have a schedule that you like to stick to? I remember that my grandmother had a really detailed housekeeping schedule that she stuck to no matter what. Floors on Mondays, bathrooms on Tuesdays. I don't even know what else she was doing, but that kind of thing. I used to roll my eyes about it, but now that I'm a young mom of two little kids, I'm beginning to see that if I don't make a plan, that kind of stuff never gets done. Do you have a schedule that you use or one that you can recommend? Thank you. I really enjoy the podcast. Jessica. Okay, Jessica, um, first of all, yeah, I don't have a routine that I can share with you. I'm for sure not a house cleaning guru of any kind. But I will say that um, your grandmother's right. You know, I, I think there's a lot of wisdom in that kind of old way of doing things. Maybe it she's right in insofar as you should have a schedule. Because like as you're discovering as a busy mom of two little kids, it's hard to make time for some of these things. And the stuff that you don't schedule like that might never get done. And some of those bigger housekeeping projects might never get done. And uh, side note, it might be okay, some of those things that never get done or for a time for a certain phase of your your family life that's that's busy or where you have a lot of little kids. But the whole point is deciding you know, what is important to you? What would be on your list? Um, what are those things that you're not getting to that perhaps are stressing you out? I have often found through the years as a mom that some of those housekeeping things, house cleaning stuff, as much as it can feel like a burden, sometimes I'm the person in my household who cares most about them. And that's okay. And it's okay to recognize that. Um, but And then it's okay to prioritize it for that reason. But, you know, realizing the stress that it might be on me, because I always feel this, you know, um, maybe it's like later in the evening and and Dan wants us to like relax, watch a movie together or something. And there's like a pile of dishes in the kitchen sink and I just want to get it cleaned. And he will always be like, oh, just leave it. You know, like, like he's doing me some, some great favor by telling me just leave that. But I don't want to just leave it, not necessarily because I'm, you know, this crazy fastidious housekeeper, but because of the stress that it causes me the following morning when I wake up and the kitchen is a mess, right? I know, like we experience this and and we all have different levels of sensitivity to that kind of thing. But I think the first thing, Jessica, I would suggest to you is to kind of do an assessment of yourself. Like what things do matter to me? What causes me stress when it's not getting done? What am I worried about that maybe doesn't matter? And if I think about it, I can let it go. Um, but what are the things that I'm not getting to and how can I make a schedule to be getting to those things on a regular basis? And it's going to look different for everybody. Those priorities look different for everybody and that's okay. You're not your grandmother. You're not your mom. Um, and, and this is kind of an important thing to have a conversation with your husband about. What kinds of things does he value getting done on a regular basis? And in what ways is he able to support you in that, um, in reaching those goals, in helping out with things around the house that are important to him and important to you? Or in what ways can he help to free up your schedule for you to focus on some of those things? So I think it's it's important to recognize that it's going to look different for everybody, but then it truly is helpful to have a schedule. Even if it's just a loose schedule, I know, especially when my kids were smaller, it really helped me to just have, um, we, when the kids were all younger and they were all homeschooling, that was especially crazy time. And I used to have built into our homeschool schedule that Fridays were kind of a light day for me and for the kids with regard to schoolwork. And then there were chores that were assigned on Fridays, chores that the kids did. But then I had my own list of stuff that I was focused on. 
And I found just having that one day where we focused was super helpful. Um, in addition to that, inside of our regular everyday, you know, routines as a family, we had built in cleaning up times, usually by the end of the day. But sometimes I had some that were built in, you know, in the early afternoon, maybe when it was quiet time, maybe when the little kids went for a nap, I'd enlist the help of some of the older kids and do a little bit of a cleanup just to stay on top of it, right? Not talking about crazy cleaning up. Um, but it, it is helpful to have a, at least a loose schedule like that. Maybe you would have a schedule of we do, you know, a deep cleaning of bedrooms on Saturday mornings. Um, I know a lot of families do that. And, um, you know, everyday cleanups happen before bedtime, you know, just the the basics getting cleaned up in the in your living spaces or in your bedroom spaces or in your playroom or whatnot. Um, so just having a general schedule like that, I think is really helpful. And it can give you some kind of semblance of order, but then it just makes sure that those things are, you're getting around to them, whether it's, you know, the bathrooms that aren't getting cleaned or the kitchen floor that you, you want to mop on a regular basis, but you're just not doing it. I think having it built into a schedule, however strict makes sense for you, um, is really a really helpful way to go about doing that. And then know that it's going to look different at different stages of your family life. Jessica, you're at a very particular stage of family life with two um, very young kids. And there are things that maybe it's going to be impossible for you to do on a regular basis right now. And it's okay to just make your peace with that. Um, there might be a point later in your family life where other things become a priority or where you have the time and the energy and the space um, to make uh, other things happen on a regular basis. And that that's you know all well and good then. You can make your adjustments to your kind of cleaning schedule then. So this is something that I talked about a little bit inside of my newest book, uh, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood, where I talked about housekeeping and how it's changed over the years. And and the, the example that I used was, you know, during some ages and stages of, of family life, you are just not going to get around to wiping down the baseboards. Like, that's just not a thing. And it's okay. That's totally fine. That's not on your radar, not a priority, not something we're focused on right now. Um, but, you know, in recent years, I've been reflecting more and more on how I am in a stage of my life where I can look around and say, I do have a little bit more time than I ever had. And then it becomes about choosing how you'll spend that time. Do I want to spend that time wiping down the baseboards? I don't know. Maybe occasionally I do. Um, but maybe there are other things that are more important. So I think as as small as housekeeping can seem sometimes and um, maybe kind of uh, super practical, I think it really does play a significant role in sort of a larger look at our life. Like what are the things we want to spend our time and energy on? What are the things that we can afford to spend our time and energy on? What are our priorities with regard to just everyday upkeep in your home, which is in a enormously valuable thing. Don't get me wrong. I'm not dismissing that at all. Um, maintaining our home spaces so they're clean and comfortable and welcoming for ourselves and for our family, a place of respite for us all is really valuable. And we women play a uniquely important role in creating those spaces for our homes. But that doesn't mean it has to come at, you know, the expense of your sanity. And um, so kind of navigating that, I think these are conversations that it's important to be having with ourselves on a regular basis. But yes, also uh, prayerfully thinking about it, um, bringing these kinds of thoughts to God and asking how he thinks you best um, should order your day, but and then also talking with your husband about it, and as your kids grow older, talking with them about it and enlisting their help and support in 
all of those different priorities, however it's going to look inside of your family life right now. So I hope that's helpful. If other people have feedback on that particular topic or a resource that's really been helpful for you and maybe setting up those priorities, um, you know, I, I've often found that it's not helpful to have somebody else's schedule because it doesn't, it, there's no one size fits all, especially for something as, as personalized as this inside of family life. But um, maybe just a general template that's been helpful for you or um, a way of kind of discerning what those priorities are. If you have some feedback along those lines or a resource you'd like to share with Jessica or other listeners of the Girlfriends podcast, send it to me at danielle at daniellebean.com. I would love to hear from you on that topic. Now, before we have to go, I just want to make sure you are aware of a couple of discounts that you are able to get as a listener of the Girlfriends podcast. There are privileges for you. I mentioned my newest book, Giving Thanks and Letting Go, Reflections on the Gift of Motherhood. That is available from AveMariaPress.com. If you go there, you can read the first chapter for free, get a, a real feel for the um, the content and the style of the book. And if you're interested in purchasing it, if you do purchase it through Ave Maria, that's at AveMariaPress.com. You can use the code BEAN20 at checkout and you will get 20% off your order. Pretty nice. Order one for yourself, order one for your mom, your sister, or a girlfriend. That discount um, applies to giving thanks and letting go at AveMariaPress.com. But then there's also an ongoing discount that is available to you as a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast at ascensionpress.com. And that is for my book, You Are Enough, What Women of the Bible Teach You About Your Mission and Worth. Inside of this book, I share stories of women in the Old Testament and ways that those stories apply to our lives today, ways that we can discern our mission and our unique identity as precious, beloved daughters of God through these ancient stories of women in the Old Testament. If you are interested in checking out that book, you can go to ascensionpress.com and use the code GIRLFRIENDS at checkout, and you will get 10% off of that purchase. Pretty nice perks that you get just for being a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast. One last perk that I want to mention is that as a listener of the Girlfriends Podcast, you have access to a private Facebook group that is just for us listeners of Girlfriends. You can go to facebook.com slash groups slash Girlfriends Podcast and request to join there. This is a private group, a place where we can share um, thoughts, feelings, ideas, questions, ask for resources, ask for prayer support. It's really a wonderful community of women. We have so much in common, those of us who connect here together on Girlfriends, I found. So it's wonderful to be able to give you guys access to one another, but also for me to be able to interact with you outside of the podcast. If you can't remember that great big URL, you can um, go to ascensionpress.com because the link is always there in the show notes for the Girlfriends podcast. Or if you can't even remember to do that, here's what you do. Text the word girlfriends to 33777. That's the word girlfriends to 33777. And that way you can automatically get subscribed to the email list for the Girlfriends podcast. That means every time a show publishes, you will receive the show notes right in your inbox. Super convenient. All of those links, all of those resources that we talk about here on Girlfriends will be right there and you'll never have to follow a URL that you've heard in a podcast while you're busy doing other things. Super convenient. So text the word girlfriends to 33777. I would love to connect with you there. I would love to connect with you on the Facebook group. And I always love to connect with you here on the podcast. 
So I want to thank you for being a part of today's show. Thank you for showing up. Thank you for listening. Thank you for all the ways that you share your life with me and know that I am praying for you. And until next time, I hope you enjoy your day and God bless your week. Girlfriends is a collaboration between daniellebean.com and Ascension, the leader in Catholic faith formation. 